What happens if you quit weeding your garden for 30 days? I know the answer, and soon you will too. Welcome to the Garden Angelus, where we talk about flowers, veggies, and all the best dirt. I'm Dean Ash from Guthrie, Oklahoma, where I garden on seven and a half acres out in the country. And I'm Carol Michael from Indianapolis, Indiana, where I garden in the suburbs on about a third of an acre. We call ourselves Garden Angelists because we are evangelists for gardening. We love gardening and we want you to love it too. Yes, we do. And we aren't afraid to spill the beans and tell all the gardening secrets, good, the bad, and the ugly. But that's enough of who, what, when, where. Let's move on to this week's episode. Hello, Dee. Hello, Carol. How's the garden growing? It's growing good. We had a big thunderstorm. At six o'clock this morning, that brought me 0.94 inches of official rain. Whoop, whoop. That's the best. That's the best. If you can get an inch of rain a week, wow. Yeah, I think we're going to get more rain this week, but right now it's sunny. And, and guess what else? Oh my gosh, Dee, I have two big updates, maybe three. Can't wait to hear them. Okay. So, you know, I used to record in the other room, and the bird feeding station was outside that window. Yep. And so I thought that's dumb. I'm always in this room now. And so I moved the bird feeding station yesterday and it's, it was a bigger ordeal than I thought. Cause that post was really down in the ground. It's from wild birds unlimited. And it has these little screw things at the bottom that kind of you screw it in. Took me forever to get it out. I was sweating like <laughs> a pig. And I thought, well, I hope the birdies find it. And guess what D I have never seen they so found- many birds on the feeders. They like the new location, literally five feet out the window. I'm three feet from the window. I'm like eight feet from all these little birds. That's a really good day. I was looking out my window because I'm very, very close to this section of my garden, which I created a few years ago. And it's probably one of my favorite parts. And I can see it from my kitchen window, the door really. And there's butterflies and bees, and hummingbirds. And that makes me happy. It does. And so next spring, remind me, I don't care that this is the front of the house. I'm going to fill it up with a whole bunch of zinnias and stuff to attract butterflies and things to go with the birds, which are mostly house sparrows, a few finches, some nasty um, starlings. Blah. I'm not big on the starlings. Woodpecker. I don't like them. A um, couple other things. I got my bird ID book right here. But guess what? I mean, that's exciting on its own, but even okay. more exciting. <laughs> what? I got a text from the greenhouse on Saturday. They had their fall pansies. <laughs> and I would have rushed down there like that minute, but I was all cleaned up to go to church. And it was almost like 90 degrees. I thought, I don't want to get all messed up and sweaty before church. So I went over yesterday. And I got some pansies and they're beautiful. And we still wonder how the grower is getting those pansies to grow without like dying in the heat. Yeah. I'm not sure how they're doing it either. It's too early for pansies and violas here. Yeah. It is a little bit early here, but with the change in weather from Hurricane Ida, we're starting to get a big cool down and we're going to get some rain. So I think they'll be fine, but even better than finding the pansies. She had sorbet violas she had just gotten in. I do love sorbet. Sorbet is one of my favorite, favorite groups. They're supposed to perennialize. 
And I like I screamed. I'm like, did you? Violas, that's what I really want. She says, <laughs> but you said to text you when the pansies were here. And I says, Viola's number one, pansies number two. And she says, well, that's the way I feel too. That's her favorite flower too. So I have a dozen violas on the porch and two flats of pansies to plant out. I think you're completely crazy this year about the pansies <laughs> and violas. But hey, everybody has to have a little bit of craziness in their life, right? Uh, I guess so. But anyway, you know, oh, I'm, I'm picking tomatoes. Yeah, me too. Still, yeah. <laughs> I'll give my. I still have tomatoes, and then one of my clients gave me three tomatoes, which I really appreciated because he only grows red tomatoes, uh-huh. and I needed some red tomatoes for a taco salad I made. I made the Doritos taco salad. Yeah, I know it's not good for you, but I don't care. It was really, really good. <laughs> so tell us about your garden, Dean. Not enough about me and my excitement, which is just over the top. So I want to talk a little bit about weeding. Right now, the weeds are insane. They and are. One weed, oh my gosh, they're so bad. Um, one weed in particular drives me nuts every summer, and I fight it throughout the garden, and you helped me ID it. I've asked people here what it is and nobody knew what it was. It's fairly so new. Gonna, it's fairly new in the a, United States. It's a horrible weed and it's, it tries to take over every summer and you think it's easy to pull out, but it's not because it just snaps off and it yeah. has a million seeds yep. and it has deep roots that spread. It's the pits. <laughs> it's called mulberry weed, Fatua Velosa. And it's not from here. It's from where all good things come from. China. <laughs> Don't say stuff like that, D. People get all upset. It's it's it it's bad. It came in with it the is nursery. from China for I really. Know. I mean it for came, real. I'm not I'm I'm kidding around, but it did come from China. Yeah. It came Stupid in with weed. nursery container plants and stuff. It just kind of crept in. And I know that's where it came from because I fight it too. I fought it for years and finally figured out what it was. And uh Oh, yeah. So I'll take a picture of this stupid weed because believe me, it won't be hard. I can take several pictures of it and I'll put it on our Instagram and we'll ID it for people since I couldn't ID it. And I reason that it was hard to ID was because it's new ish. Yeah, I think it came. When did it come? Like the 80s or something? I started noticing it about uh, four or five years ago, I think maybe even longer. Uh, You know, time flies in a garden supposed to stand still, but it, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't. So that's what's going on here. Um, The other thing is butterflies, butterflies. My husband said, oh my gosh, there are so many butterflies in our garden this year. And he's right. And then I think it's because we had good rain, you know, and I think there's a lot more butterflies, a lot more insects, period, including stupid grasshoppers. Um, I haven't noticed them here. I've had monarchs, swallowtails. I'm seeing a lot of butterflies here and I don't necessarily plant for butterflies the way you do, but I think it's a good butterfly year. It is a good butterfly year, which is good news for all of them. So I am, I almost, I'm going to say one more thing and then we'll go on. I almost killed my zinnias by accident. I went out of town. Yeah. I came back. Yeah. And they weren't getting, well, somehow one of the um, timers got turned off. Yeah. And so that bed looks really crunchy and I got out there and started looking into it and I think they weren't getting enough water. So I've started watering them twice a day because they're just not getting enough water. Zenas, and I, 
I never water I my zinnias. They shouldn't need a bunch of supplemental water. They're from Mexico, from dry, arid areas. Carol, Carol, if it's at 99 degrees outside and well, they don't get any water yeah, for two okay. weeks. Yeah, that's kids, Remember, I don't live in Indiana. Oh, paradise. Rains. Yeah, I forgot. I live in Oklahoma. And by the way, they come from like not an arid part of Mexico. So, well, you know, I, you know. Anyway, so there you go. I watered them. So in Oklahoma or Texas, if your zinnias are looking crunchy, not powdery mildewy, just crunchy, water them. That's all I got to say. Uh, yeah. And deadhead them so that they keep blooming. Yes. Deadhead them because one of my clients didn't know that you could deadhead them. So that's good advice, Carol. You're welcome. Deadhead them. They're annuals. I shall dive into our next, our first quote. What Good is point. reading but silent conversation by Charles Lamb? I've been reading a lot. Mm-hmm. You have and promoting your book. I have been. I have a book to tell you about later. And I noticed that all of your quotes are about books this week. They are. Yeah. Coincidence? I, maybe. I, I try to so. pick a theme, you know, like last week it was the same author of every quote. This week it's a theme. I try to do something, you know, a little tie them together somehow. Anyway, our, our, our flower this week is Stachys monarii humulo, which was the 2019 perennial plant of the year from the Perennial Plant Association. And it is another lovely border plant. And last week we talked about Allium millennium, which is great along the border of a plant a planting bed. This is another one. And it blooms in my garden in June. When's it bloom in yours? Um, early June. And I have two types of stachys. Probably they're both monarii, but we, we had to look that up because there's a lot of different stachys mm-hmm. cultivars, but I have one that is not humello and I have humello. I have both. So they're both great. Well, I have one that's pink and they both bloom about the same time and they are easily crowded out in that border. I have them in, so right. I need to do some rethinking and put them in a different spot. So they're crowded out by other plants or they're crowding themselves out? Crowded out by other plants. Because uh, they're not that aggressive. You they know, aren't. they just make a nice little clump and they look really good and the and pollinators love them and they're just really pretty little plants. But it, I have a lot of other things in there like asters and the oh, asters yeah. move forward and are trying to grab the space from the stachys. Yeah. So. And here's yeah. the thing about the stachys. Stachys is in the mint family, but that particular plant is pretty well behaved. Extremely well behaved, I would say. Yeah. Very, yeah. very. Yeah. Just sits in that spot and does its thing. <laughs> As compared to what is traditionally called lamb's ear, Stachys byzantina. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, this one, it's all over my garden because it is not well behaved. I do you have, have do, you, do you think it's well behaved? Um, I think because I have it in a really dry spot that I don't that it doesn't get a lot of water. It does what it's supposed to. And also here the foliage on lamb's ears will get um like when we get the big rains in the spring, uh-huh. you know how sometimes it'll kind of rot. Yeah. Well, then you get roly polies in there, which are also known as pill bugs. And they'll eat it up. So I think it has it has to struggle a little bit. But a great plant that can sometimes spread if it's in a slightly wetter area. 
I mean, I, I don't have too much trouble with it. Yeah. It spreads in my garden. Now my sister had some and she said it died out. And so like I gave her bags and bags of it. I'm like, here, take it, take it, take it. The other thing is it, once it blooms, it just flops like crazy and it looks like a mess. So I grow the one and I didn't look up the name of it and I'll look it up real quick. It's Helen Von. I think it's Helen Von Stein, but I should look it up. Um, I grow that variety, which doesn't bloom as often and has bigger leaves. And and it's a good one. I've also grown the one you're talking about that is just the basic one. And um, yeah, I would cut the blooms off because I don't like them. I think, I think that's exactly what I do. I give the bees love the blooms. So I give them like a day or two and then I'm like, okay, off with your heads, this flower bees go away. It has a really sweet scent too, which is kind of nice, but it does. Kind- and it's a pretty plant, but, and I did look it up while you were talking. It is Helen von Stein. So when you, if you ever decide to, you know, get rid of this one, grow Helen von Stein instead. You'll like There'd it. There'd be better. no getting rid of this at this point. Oh, I don't oh, think. See, it doesn't grow like that here. Oh, it's That's everywhere. I have it, huh. you know, it and black eyed Susans are fighting for domination in different far off parts of the garden. As far off as you can get sturm? it. Yeah. Is it the Goldstrom black eyed yeah. Susan? Yeah. Because, um, yeah, several people, several people have been writing me really upset. I know we're all over the place today, but they were, they're like, <laughs> oh, these caterpillars keep eating my black eyed Susans. And I'm like, well, if you get Goldsturm, you can throw those caterpillars on Goldsturm and nothing kills it. It's like Bermuda grass. Exactly. Right? Okay. So, so anyway, you have your Stachys lamb's ear, Stachys of Byzantina or Byzantina. Yeah. You have it with your Goldstern Black Eyed Susans. I bet that's kind of pretty. Well, they're just finding it out. They just, it's sort of a, it's kind of a little neglected no man's land between the vegetable garden and another bed. And they just kind of showed up there and I'm like, fight yourselves out. But I was, I have one with the Shasta daisies and they fight out. That's That's good good for them. Gives them something to do. Okay. But we should go back to Humello. (laughs) Well, we should go back to Stachys because I wondered if you could grow any of these Stachys from seed. Well, I went to Botanical Interest and I did a search on Stachys and they showed me a Russian status seed and it's Cilio Stachys Sororia. Anyway, <laughs> I a- love how you did that name. <laughs> I don't know. I'm looking at it right now. It's kind of pretty. Yeah, it's an annual and they said it makes a great cut flower and they're just like these really tight pink spiky flowers and it would be a good mixer in with, you know, like zinnias and things like that. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to tag those seeds and I think I might try to grow that next year because I'm going to switch up where I have all the zinnias. I've got a few perennials in there, that long bed, those perennials are coming out. So I have more room for annuals by seed. and so. I started going down this rabbit hole for this genus, mm-hmm. which don't go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> I don't um, want to. Um, for people who can't see this, which are li- for our listeners, um, which is everybody because we only have a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't do it. Yeah, exactly. We aren't on YouTube. So the Russian status looks a lot like kiss me over the garden gate. It does. So it looks I'm gonna, almost exactly the same. I'll put a link to it if people want to go see it and maybe there somebody some of our listeners might tag in and say, you know what? I'm going to add that to my cutting garden. Sounds good to me. Anything else you want to say about Stachys? 
Uh, no, since, you know, we've talked about every other flower too. So did we say that stack, that Humello is the 2019 perennial plant of the yes. year? Yes, we, we said that, that right up okay. at the get go. Sorry. No, that's okay. Missed that. Even though I'm on here, I missed that. Okay. Just want to make sure. All right. Do you want me to do the next quote? I do. A book reads the better which is our own and has been so long known to us that we know the topography of its blots and dog's ears and can trace the dirt in it to having read it at tea with buttered muffins, Charles Lamb. Could Charles Lamb have said that any more complicated a way? (laughs) No. I was like, this does not read well. This quote quote is hard. Well, you know, it's like, I get the point. Yeah. You always have a book that has been read and reread and you know, it's got stains and stuff. Growing up, yeah. my mom had a copy of Gone with the Wind, and my youngest sister read that until it literally fell apart. Literally wow. fell apart. And it was <laughs> it was not a first edition or anything. She probably got it. She was a member of the Literary Guild, and she got books every month. Or mm-hmm. if she I wanted remember it. the Literary Guild. So That's anyway, cool. <laughs> it was probably a Literary Guild edition. But anyway, on to the vegetable topic, which is not buttered muffins, but garlic. Because it's fall. You can make garlic butter. Yes. It's fall-ish because we're recording this on the 30th of August. By the time people listen to it, it'll be September 1st. And these neck of the woods, that's late summer slash early fall garlic. And in Oklahoma, it's still summer, but it'll get better by the end of the month. So. Garlic. The main question to ask and answer is, do you want to grow hard neck or soft neck? Exactly. I've grown them both. Have you grown them both? I have only grown hard neck. Because, oh, because is, so- is soft neck not as um, hardy in your area? I don't think so. And I just feel like uh, in my area with the colder winters, hard neck is a sure bet. Um, mm-hmm. it, hard neck has a light, hard stem up to the middle of the bulb. That's why they call it hard neck. So Exactly. You can store it, but only for like four to six months, whereas a soft neck, you could store it for up to a year. And if you want to make one of those fancy braids, you have to use soft neck. You use soft neck. Can't do that with hard neck. So the most of the garlic that is purchased in the store, unless you buy at some organic store, is almost all soft neck. Yes. And And a lot of the garlic that is sold in the United States comes from China. China. Don't buy it. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to buy garlic in the store, buy organic garlic um, because at least it's organic um, and it hasn't been shipped all the way from China. And also China uses a lot of pesticides that aren't allowed in the United States, um, et cetera, et cetera. That's all I'm going to say. Boy, China has really figured into our deal today. And I don't right. like that. The other thing right, I want so to say. So hardneck has really good flavors. It does. It has. You, there's a lot more subtle flavors with hardneck. Now for our. Southern listeners, hardneck does require a winter chilling chilling period. So it needs the cold that you have in my garden. Um, and they said that you could put it, and who has this? A dark location at 40 degrees with a relative humidity of 80% for 40 to 45 days of planting will simulate the vernalization that hardneck needs. I'm going to tell you that no one, no one that's listening to us is going to do that. De shaking no, her head. No, no. So, and in my garden, it also gets enough chilling period. But right. if you were in, say, 
you know, south of Dallas, it might not. So you might have to just grow Southern. I mean, grow soft neck, which is a Southern garlic. That's um, how you can remember. Neck, yeah, it is. I'll also say this about hard neck. I think it's easier to peel than soft neck garlic um, because you smash those cloves and the peel just comes right off. It's also easier to take it out of the cloves out of the, out of the bulb. Um, and a lot of times it's a little spicier. Yeah, there are different flavors. And so we're going to link again to botanical interest. They have a lot of garlic flavors for sale, different ones, a lot of hard necks. So I would say, here's the thing to remember. You're going to get a bulb. You're going to break it into the cloves. Each clove that you plant, you'll get another bulb full of cloves. So don't mm-hmm. feel like you have to buy 10 bulbs and plant 10 bulbs. You're going to buy one bulb and peel off the cloves and plant those. So you- Right, because if you plant too much garlic, you'll just have a lot of garlic. Yeah. And it does take up a lot of space in your garden. And it is a long, it has a long growing period. So, you know, you want to make sure that you don't want to grow something else in that spot. Because if you do, it just won't work. I mean, you just don't have the room. I used to line my beds before I started lining them with um, with lavender. I used garlic on the edges. And it actually was pretty effective because a lot of animals don't like garlic. So, you know, that's a good thing to use. Vampires don't like um, it either. Apparently not. Apparently vampires don't like it either. And with our current climate, perhaps people really believe in vampires. I don't know. Um, anyway, I digress. I love garlic. I have grown it. I didn't grow it this year. I don't know if I'm going to grow it for next summer. Because, you know, you plant it in fall. Right. And then you harvest it. You've got June. to decide soon, D. You can't wait till spring and say, I think I'll grow garlic. It's now. Decide now before it sells out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I probably am not going to garlic. I shall move us right along. I shall move us right along. <laughs> Come with me, mom says, to the library. Books and summertime go together. That's by Lisa Schroeder from a book called I Heart You, You Haunt Me. I don't know. I saw it somewhere. It's a cute. It's a cute line. And yes, when I was a kid, we went to the library Every like every week in the summertime, and I would get as many books as I could get, which it was 13 at the time here. I don't know what get. our limit was, but the, I mean, and like I read the them all. first day of summer vacation, my mom was like, we're down to the library, join that yeah. summer reading program. And by day three of the summer reading program, we've accomplished the summer's goal, set a low bar. What do we do yeah. now, mom? I think ours was 26 books over the summer. I managed to do that in two weeks. Okay. So the book we're talking about this week is Digging and Delighted, Live Your Best Gardening Life by Carol Michael. That's me. Who Siri, that's you, who Siri on my phone thinks is Carol Michelle. Yes. It's Carol Michael. Yeah. And I, and then Carol's, Carol's got me saying, this is the best book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just saw in our notes what she wrote. This is the best book I've ever read. <laughs> it is really, really good. Thank you, Dee. But it's not War and Peace. I'm sorry. Well, no, it's not. I could think I could, I could list a lot of books that are better. But no, it's a really good book. I like how you I, and I wrote this in my latest blog post that I like how you always do a humorous series of essays and then you teach people stuff at the same time and it's a really nice way you know a nice way 
Yeah. And so I just decided this time, I think this is my most useful of my gardening essay books, if that makes sense. Uh, Well, I I think they're all useful, but okay. Why do you think this is the most useful? Because this one, I'm clearly trying to provide gardening advice. That's why. I don't know. It was fun. Carol knows how to garden, so that's a good thing. Yeah. (laughs) So it was fun to do, and we have a link to the to the site. If anybody would so like to buy one or then go to my website and order a copy and I will sign it and send it to them. And you're also doing a sale on hardbacks of all your books. I am. So the hardbacks, I have a backlog because I didn't do a bunch of speaking engagements and a lot of people like hardbacks. And so I thought I got to get rid of some inventory here. So normally $24.99, I'm selling them for 16 bucks. And that includes the new one, Digging and Delighted, until they're sold out. And she'll sign them. And she'll sign them for you. And I put a, they will I be put autographed. A, I put a little gift inside too. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So are we ready to, anything else you want to say? No, thanks for letting me put my book in on the bookshelf, Dee. Of course. <laughs> a book is a gift you can open again and again. Garrison Keeler. Yes, it is. And, you know, I joined that new um that new book club yes um whatever it's called well read mom and i started reading our first book and i'm really enjoying it so our dirt this week is garden burnout because it's my idea this was my idea for the podcast it's a good idea so guess what so guess what d has garden burnout Oh uh, yeah. And you know what? I, I was talking to somebody else and they said the, the heat had really fried them and they, they hadn't been out in their gardens yeah. either. And so I think we should just all fess up that we haven't been in our gardens as much as we thought we would be because it gets hot and we're like, oh, it's too hot. So we stay inside. It is really hot. And um, I, I was out there yesterday, spent three hours out there and it was actually quite fun because it was only 88 degrees. So it wasn't too bad yesterday, but the week before it was 97. And um, I think we're just giving everybody a pass and saying, you know what? It's okay. It's hot. It's buggy, especially in Oklahoma, it's buggy. And, um, or as what, what is it that they say at the horticulture school? They say there's a lot of um, insect pressure and disease pressure right now. Whatever. (laughs) I'll tell you though, this is, can I do my confession now? Yes. That's what our teaser was about. So, you know, every week I say, oh, my garden commission, I'm going to weed. And then I would like go and pull like a weed. I weeded. And so my garden is a weedy mess. And I did a video about what happens when you don't garden, don't weed for 30 days. And I'm making fun of all those other YouTube videos out there. And it's mostly guys that say, you know, I gave up social media for 30 days. I gave up caffeine for 30 days alcohol Mm. or alcohol. And I'm like, I gave up weeding for 30 days. And so now it was a very funny. It was a very funny YouTube made me laugh. I'll put a link to it, but now I'm going to do a, Hey, I'm going to weed for 30 days. I'm going to spend an hour in the garden every day for 30 days. And I saw on your blog that the garden fairies approve of this action. I bet they do. They do. I bet they can't find their way through the garden for all the weeds after <laughs> in some places days. in some places yeah. it's it's not very pretty anyway so i have this little section of the garden that's down below yeah. you know like it's the back garden and it's down on the down yonder I would say is the right hand down yonder that's a good way to put it, now on the right hand side 
Yeah, boy, it's in bad shape. But you know what? The asters are getting ready to bloom and nobody will notice. That's right. That's right. Because <laughs> they'll be pretty. So you want to hear about my the rabbit hole I've been down? Yeah. So I am suddenly obsessed with podcasts about books. Yeah, I, uh-huh, I know. You sent me three of them. One of them I really like. Yeah, there's a couple of them. And, the, you know, it's usually two people going back and forth. But that led me to another podcast, which is a British gardening podcast. And oh, cool. a woman on there talked about a book called The Secret Life of Cows by Rosamond Young. Oh. And it's it's the kind of book you can read in an afternoon. But now I kind of good. I kind of want to have some cows and maybe some you can't chickens, have any cows, chickens, pigs and sheep. They just seem like the thing to ha- I mean, this is a woman that they have an organic farm and it goes back to like, you know, two or three generations. Mm-hmm. And she just talks about all the different personalities of the cows and how they talk to them and they talk back. And I'm just like, oh, I need cows. My cousin has cows. I'm going to send that book. Uh, link to why don't that you just go visit your why don't you just go visit your cousin i should because she's got she's got miniature cows yeah you can go visit her miniature cows that would be fun so i had a similar thing happen when i read that book a very small farm by william paul winchester uh-huh. which we should link to again and we'll link and we'll link to your secret life of cows too and um i you know i already did have chickens but I got more chickens and I loved him talking about his Jersey cows. And so here's how I deal with that obsession. I just buy Jersey butter. Oh, there you go. And then you feel a lot better because they do. They raise these cows. They don't raise them for milking, but they do raise them for slaughter. And then they Mm -hmm. sell the, the beef themselves. And so people know that these cows, how they were treated humanely from the beginning of their life all the way through, blah, blah, blah. But I recommend it. Who does that too? I have a friend who raises beef. Mm. It, it's a nice afternoon read. And then you'll want cows. Just saying. Aww. Let's talk about our garden conditions. Well, I want to talk about my rabbit hole first. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't see a rabbit hole on here. I didn't know you had a rabbit hole. There it's not in our one, but I have one in my head. Okay. Go head. for it. So I have also been into a podcast. It's called In the Red Clay. And it's about the Dixie Mafia, which was actually a thing in the 1970s in Georgia. And I thought I was just why, because you know, I love true crime, unfortunately. Right. right. It's a bad thing, but I do. Um, and it started out as that, but really it's about a redemption story. Oh. So there you go. You keep telling me to, to listen to it. it. You keep telling me to listen You'd to like it. it. I need to listen to it. Get off my book. It's a read. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with your book obsession, too. I've been listening to that, too, especially that one. And right now, I can't remember the name of that podcast. The one with the two young book lists, young... etc. Yeah, I think so. That one's really good. I got some ideas for our podcast from it. Yeah. Well, I'll, you know what? I'm going to link to that. Uh, when I go through and do the show notes, I'll add a link to that podcast. Okay, sounds good. What is your garden commission this week? Weeding? So I begin my 30-day challenge to garden an hour per day, every single day, starting September the 1st. And then of course the garden fairies will write about it. I'll post a YouTube video about it at the end. We'll see how it makes the garden better. And it will. What's your commission? So after this podcast, if I've got time, I'm going to run outside and harvest all of my peppers and I'm going to roast them this afternoon. 
in between something else I have to do and um, put them away in the freezer. That's my plan. And I'm actually going to make something with some of them, but there's a Yum. lot of peppers out there, Carol, a lot of I, peppers. I'm ignoring mine. Um, I don't know oh what my to gosh, do with There's them. so many. So next year, I think we should hold each other, or at least you need to hold me. I'm going to plant fewer tomatoes because my mom is not interested in tomatoes anymore. That's, you know, and I don't have any kids living with me here anymore. And I'm also going to plant a few fewer peppers. Oh, I need to do the same because I planted three plants of each variety and I have like Mm -hmm. five varieties of sweet peppers and five different hot peppers. And my older sister was here one day earlier this summer and she saw that she says, Carol, what are you going to do with all those peppers? I'm like, (laughs) either ignore them or freeze them. I guess. Anyway, you know, because there's just the two of us now and at your house, there's just the one of you. Yep. What were we thinking? What were we thinking? Anyway, we want to thank you for listening to The Garden Angelist. If you like our podcast, please tell your friends about us. Also, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything. And if you listen to Apple Podcasts, we'd love a five-star review that helps us get noticed by others because the algorithm. And could you also share our podcast with your gardening friends? Word of mouth is still the best way to get the word out there. And thank you to everyone who has been sending us such sweet notes everywhere. Yes, we love getting those notes, you know, and we should recognize them more formally. But anyway, check out our show notes. There are links for more information. We have affiliate links that if you click on them, we earn a small commission. It costs you zip. When you click on them and buy something, it does cost you something, but it doesn't cost you extra. Anyway, it was lovely to chat with all of you over the Garden Gate today. Bye until next week. Bye, everybody.